Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. And actually, today's not just another episode. Today is episode 50, 50, 50. I couldn't resist the 50. Um, And I've got another great interview for you. You know, of course, they're all great. I love all these people and truly feel grateful that I get to pick their brains for an hour. And today's guest is no exception to that. His name is Michael Zapersky, and Michael has a company called Consulting Success, more clients, income, and success. And when you listen to Michael, he's one of the most chill, down-to-earth guys, and he's really built a phenomenal consulting company. He's up in Canada, and you'll hear the about. That's a shout-out to you, Michael. You know, I got nothing but love for you. Um, But Michael's really done phenomenally well. And for anyone who wants to get into a consulting or coaching or stepping out of the doing yourself and growing things, you're really going to want to listen to this. And Michael has an amazing resource on his site. It's a consulting course, but you can also download a free toolkit. And so listen to the end. You'll get all the details for how you can connect with Michael and get his free toolkit. Um, But really, this is one of those you're probably going to want to take some notes. He's got some great tips on this. And he is really, he's just growing things in this phenomenal way. We did connect in the mastermind, but So I've known Michael for about a year now, and just his growth just blows me out of the water. Anyways, enjoy the interview. I know you're going to love it. Make sure, of course, to stay to the end and get the link so you can go ahead and download that toolkit. Let's jump in a little bit to your history. And before we get into your consulting success business, what were you doing before you started this in your previous life? So I've always been involved in starting businesses. Uh, started my first business when I was still in college, uh, running a web design development company with my cousin, uh, who's still involved in uh, in a couple of businesses with me. And from there, we we grew that. Uh, we then our next stage was opening up a, a branding and design firm. Uh, and I went over to Japan, spent about five years there, opened up a branch office for that business, had the opportunity to work with amazing clients, uh, very large Japanese multinational companies that were doing business in Europe uh, and in North America, really helping them with their English language communications and marketing strategies and and brand strategies. And so that was an amazing experience. Uh, Spent, as I said, five years there, then came back uh, to Vancouver and uh, opened up uh, another business. I really wanted to Get focused. You know, when you're when you're working in the branding and design space, a lot of things uh, you come up with a lot of issues around uh, clients feeling that the work can be a bit subjective, right? When you're looking at design, uh, some people look at it, and so uh, I was really feeling at that point that I wanted to move away from things that would be subjective, where a client could look at a logo or at a brochure and say, you know, I don't like that color, or I don't like that uh, that diagram, or, or this and that. And I just, you know, I got to a point where I was saying, listen, it doesn't matter what you what you really think or what I really think. Let's really focus on on what's going to drive the best results. And so when I came, when I moved back from Japan, I opened up another uh, consult or a consulting consulting business, really focused on direct response marketing, uh, where I had the opportunity to work with clients in all different fields, from law firms and financial companies to technology firms, really helping them to drive more leads for their business. Uh, and that was a really great experience because I had the opportunity to move away from just working on design, which I, I love design and I still believe that design is a very, very powerful part of business. Uh, but I just wanted to move away from the aspects that could be subjective and really get down to the numbers. And uh, and from there, you know, that kind of led me to the next stage, which is uh, consulting success. Holy moly, I had no idea that your start was with web development and design. Um, yeah, I, I think you're preaching to the choir with a lot of my audience actually listening to that and and a lot of the frustration that comes from that and, and trying to get that message across the client, like where you said, okay, th- this move two pixels to the left isn't going to help <laughs> you get more business. And do you find that, 
having transitioned out of that is I, I think there's an element there that that's a little bit of a distraction. And I think business owners tend to get caught up in minute details to avoid really what needs to be addressed. Yeah, and I think it's this applies both to to our clients in in general. And when I say oh, I don't mean my clients or your clients, Kim. I just mean in general, uh, clients have the same issue, but but also entrepreneurs and business owners do, where we become so focused on small things, on things that that we feel are going to be productive and important for our business, but really they are. Uh, they add no real value and you know it's easy to work on a brochure or to play with a website or to update a logo uh, or to work on a, a proposal that's that we might never get out um, when really what we need to be doing is spending the majority of our time in our businesses driving sales and driving revenue and and building the business and moving things forward so this is one thing that I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners um, that I've worked with is that challenge of getting out of your comfort zone and moving from doing things that feel like you're moving your business forward but really aren't and they're not productive uh, and in fact they're holding you back from seeing the, the kind of growth that that you really want to experience so it's important to, to move out of that safe harbor into a place where you challenge yourself and make sure that you're focusing on the areas of your business that are going to be the, the real ones that will help you to to drive revenue and to drive sales and to move the business forward God, that's huge. I had a conversation with somebody this morning about the exact same thing in terms of uh, hiring a project manager because there's com- that you get to a point where in order to move forward, I've got to get out of some of this, uh, I don't know that niggly is the right word, but it's it's not going to impact the bottom line in my business and my life and how I show up in my business if I continue to do those things. And so, you know, making those conscious choices is, um, I, I think it is a distraction. So, okay, so as you transitioned from that into the consulting, so what was that transition like, I guess is what I want to know, because it's not that they're very different. You'd already been working with clients. You'd had a lot of business experience, but essentially you're starting a whole new arena from scratch, you know. So how, how did you go about doing that? So the thing is that I've been in one form or another, uh, I've been a consultant and have been building consulting businesses for over 14 years now. And so consulting success really started uh, as, as a blog, as a site where I wanted to share my experience and my successes of being a consultant and working with clients all over the world uh, and all sizes of clients from Fortune 500 down to, to restaurants and, and smaller uh, independent service uh, type firms. And so the shift wasn't big in the sense of like that was I was focusing on my core strengths on the areas that I had developed where I had been successful uh, over that period of time. But the the focus of working directly with with clients here it was now with consulting success and what I still do today and I still work with clients directly. Uh, but I really wanted to to better serve and to help people that were facing the change the same challenges that I had been going through whether. It's someone that's an executive that now wants to transition to to run their own business and to be a consultant, or someone that just decided they wanted to get into consulting uh, and were working really hard on it, but not seeing the kind of success that they you know really feel they they deserved. And so that's where consulting success came from was out of wanting to helping wanting to help others and putting together guides and materials and articles to to inform and to educate and to provide value and from there obviously had to turn the business into some sort of a, a business model and so I'm happy to talk more about that but that's really how uh, consulting success got started yeah no fill us in on the business model like that's was my next question in terms of you know really what is consulting success.com by the way which all these links you guys will be in the show notes but the website you can go directly to right now is consulting success.com Yes. So just fill us in on the business and that model. Sure. So consultingsuccess.com, we now have over 800 articles on the website, uh, all focused on helping consultants to become more successful. We have uh, a free newsletter and uh, consultants toolkit, uh, which people can sign up for. We we send out emails with tips and interviews and strategies, again, to help uh, consultants on covering everything from areas of marketing to fees to proposals to client issues, relationships, all that type of stuff that consultants come up uh, every single day in in building their business. Uh, We've created uh, guides and courses. I've written three books uh, on consulting, and so those are also uh, we make available. uh, And and most recently, over the last uh, year or so, 
we've also started a, a coaching program where I work directly with consultants to really help them to take their business to the next level. So, you know, we have a, a top selling course really helping consultants that are just getting started called the Consulting Success System 2.0. That's really our course for people that are just coming to consulting that want to learn all of the basics and kind of and get up to that first hundred thousand uh, dollars per year type of level. And then beyond that, as, as a next step, then we have we're just actually launching right now uh, a new program to really help consultants on their marketing. Uh, and the coaching program is really focused on helping consultants that are already seeing some great success, but now they want to take that success to the next level. They want to learn how to uh, attract clients uh, on a more consistent basis. Many people, uh, and Kim, you may have found this as well, is that when you first launch your business, you're really getting a lot of your business from referrals, from your network, and a lot of people tend to rely on those. But at some point, inevitably, that kind of that well of referrals starts to dry up. And so as consultants and business owners, people then wonder, well, what, what do I do next? Uh, I've focused on, I'm good at what I do, and I've had some clients, I've had some success, but I don't have a system or process in place to allow me to get clients consistently and to attract them to my business. And so within the coaching program, that's where I help consultants directly to establish that marketing system and process to help them to attract their clients consistently, to increase their fees, uh, to grow their revenues, and to put the right structures in place so that they can really scale and grow their consulting business without just creating another job, uh, but really enjoying the lifestyle and freedom and also the amazing income potential that being a consultant uh, provides. Yeah, the the creating a job. I, I think anybody that has had been a you know solopreneur at some point, even if you grow and build a team, you do hit a hit a wall where it's you realize I, I I've created a job. <laughs> I'm a slave to this. I can't be gone for too long. I, I mean, all of that stuff. So, who are what are some of the types of business owners that you work with? So the vast majority are uh, are consultants and uh, small consulting firm owners. So to give a little bit kind of uh, better insight into that, the uh, we're talking about consultants. So these are people all industries all around the world. Uh, you know, last count we are we're over 110 countries uh, of people that are our customers that buy uh, our books and courses. So it's very very diverse industries. Again, all kinds of industries from design and branding to photography, to management, environmental, uh, manufacturing, brand, like it's, it's, it's really all, all over. And so that the core group is definitely uh, the independent consultant. Uh, and then we also have people that are running consulting businesses that have up to three employees. And then we have a, a group of con- small consulting firm owners that typically have somewhere between five and 15 staff. Uh, you know, they're often generating anywhere between 500 to about 100 and uh, sorry 500 to about 1.5 to 2 million uh, and they really want to now you know work towards getting that to three and four million and beyond so it's it's a wide range and we've continued to uh, offer or to create new offerings and new programs and, and better ways to serve each of these groups uh, as they go from the you know through the progression because oftentimes We've had people that have come in and they're just getting started. And, you know, for example, I, I had an email recently from uh, someone who said, you know, I just got your, your course. Thank you so much. I've worked through it now for the last uh, seven months. My business is now at $120,000. When I started, you know, I was doing about $30,000 a year. This is so wonderful. Uh, and now they've joined the coaching program, which is going to help them to go from 120000 a year to likely, you know, 200000 300000 a year. And so this is the kind of progression that we've found that, that I think is actually a lesson that a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners can take is to really look at your market and not just think about a one-off product, uh, a one-off kind of product offering, but instead to try and see, look at the lifespan of that client of yours, of that customer, and make some decisions and explore how you can serve them as they grow in their business. Because they're not, I mean, you can serve them just at one level, but you can really grow your business and also add a lot more value to their business if you can serve them at many levels. So as they're getting started, as they reach that next level, and when they want to take it even even higher, how can you serve them at each of those levels? Uh, and by providing those types of options at increasing price points, because you're providing increasing value, you're able to significantly grow your business and serve your customers better at the same time. Well, and having someone contact you who took seven months to go through your course and got results. That's huge. Can you share what industry or, or what that business was for that person? Yeah, they were in uh, in agile um, project management, scrum mastering agile. 
uh, project management. But I mean, we get emails here almost every day, Kim, from people that have received some some form of our education, whether it's our free newsletter and toolkit that, that people can get for free, or if it's a course, or if it's someone in the coaching program. Uh, you know, some successes that people have seen most recently in the coaching program is. I mean, these are actually all online and visible for people to go through. But someone that came in uh, started about $8,000 a month, less than uh, just after about 11 weeks. Uh, they're now up to 20000 a month, and they're going to go, you know, they're going to hit probably 30000 in the next month. Another person came in, uh, was looking at an average project size of 5000 took that, ended up landing a $54,000 project. Another person, uh, average project size, $24,000. Uh, we, we worked on that and got it up to an average of $64,000. Um, small consulting firm owner uh, came in. He was uh, doing about 1.5 million. Uh, we had about two or three weeks of uh, of working together and kind of through the process, helping him to figure out how he could better align his services and his offerings to his ideal clients. And uh, and he's going to generate from three new projects an extra million dollars this year. So there's a lot of I mean these case studies, and I'm I'm happy if people want they can go to consultingsuccess.com and and check those out. I don't know if people you know I don't want to spend all of our time kind of uh, giving these these case studies, unless you'd like to, to ask more about any specific one, I'm happy to talk about it, but um, but all this is, you know, is publicly available, and as we continue to get new success stories, we share them within our groups, and we share them with, you know, on certain pages, and um, I think it's always important for other people to see the types of success, because unfortunately, there's always people that are out there that look at and hear success stories like that and say, well, you know, that, that person must have been able to do that because they had something special going on or they're different than me or I'm in a unique industry or I have this challenge. But the reality is, and I think, Kim, this is probably something that, that you would uh, that would resonate with you, but, you know, being part of, of a mastermind or connecting yourself with people that are at higher levels than you are really shows you that that type of thinking uh, is is really unfortunate because it's what's going to hold back your growth. And so, Anything's possible, and uh, and really any excuse that you can come up with, we can we can work through and find a solution to that. I mean, it doesn't matter what your industry is, and doesn't matter whether you're in a restaurant or you know a consultant. But the reality is that that's that's the the joy and the fun of being an entrepreneur and being a business owner is that really the sky is the limit. And when you take the right steps, when you surround yourself with the right people, and when you implement the right things. Uh, there's really no holding you back, and there's no reason. And, you know, Tony said this uh, when we were in, in Maui, Kim. I remember sitting with him uh, at the bar there and having a chat, and he said one thing that really kind of struck a chord with me, which is right now, like everyone here, your business, there's no reason why you're ever going to make less than you're making right now. And and that was so powerful because it's, it's true, right? When you surround yourself with the right people, when you get the right education, when you invest in yourself and your business, uh, there's only one way to go, and that's that's up. Um, so, you know, maybe I'm getting off off tangent here a little bit, but no, I but, think, but I think they go hand in hand. So, tangent yeah. or not, you know, it's it's funny because I'll find myself after you know being on a mastermind call or doing so, the frustration creeps in, and it's because I realize, God, you could be doing so much more, and and I don't mean in terms of putting more time into my day, but you're not being smart about this. Scale this. What, what can we do? To leverage this. Where do I want to go? It it constantly makes me look at how I'm doing things, how I can do them better, wh- how I can get to the next level be- because of being in that environment. So, no, I think it's usually, I, I think, you know, for me, they're, they're kind of one and the same. There is no separation of that stuff. Um, but I want to ask with some of those case studies, because, uh, you know, who my audience is, have you had anybody in sort of the web dev online marketing space, you know, um, and, and what are some of the issues you worked through with them? Well, this so the interesting thing. Yes, I have definitely worked with people in, in the web design, online marketing, uh, branding space. Uh, several people actually, and the, the interesting thing is that the challenges that people in in that market face are very similar to challenges that that other consultants in other markets face. And you know, the biggest challenges oftentimes uh, are just around again relying on referrals, being good at what you're doing, but not spending the time to really establish a strong foundation in in your marketing that allows you to attract more clients. So what I mean by that is that oftentimes consultants will, and this is, again, you know, relevant for uh, web design and development consultants or, or people that are freelancing, um, is that 
you try and do something. So whether you decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use social media or I'm going to do webinars or I'm going to do uh, online advertising, it doesn't matter, right? All that stuff, like there's there's so many tactics that you can choose in from a marketing perspective and all of them can be extremely effective or they can all fall flat on their face. And too often people look at what someone else is doing. They see this this guru or, or someone they're looking up to doing some type of marketing and say, well, I'm going to do that too. And then they decide to, to go into it and they, they try it and it doesn't work for them. They wonder, like, why doesn't why isn't that working? I, this is working for this person. Why isn't this latest trendy thing or, the, or this uh, tactic that someone else is doing, why is it not working for me? And in almost every case, it's not working for them. Because they haven't established a strong foundation in their marketing. And when I, when I say a strong foundation, I mean, number one, you have to be very clear as to who your ideal clients really are. You have to also make sure that your messaging and your positioning and your value proposition really aligns with who those ideal clients are. Because if you're trying to convey a message to those ideal clients that isn't what they really care about, that isn't really on their mind, it doesn't matter how much marketing you do to them. That's not what they want. That's not what they're looking for. That's not the issue that they're dealing with. So that's those are kind of some of the initial steps. You have to be clear on the ideal client. You have to figure out how to get their attention, uh, and and that is what, that's involved in, in the positioning and the value proposition and the messaging. And then once you get to that stage, right now you have their attention. But just having their attention doesn't mean that they're going to then give you the time of day to engage in a conversation. So the next step is really around making sure that you have the right materials, that you've taken the right steps to move and transition that ideal client from just getting their attention to actually getting them engaged and interested in what you have to offer. Uh, and once you have that, then the whole next thing is, okay, great, now you're getting leads you know, that are, that are coming in and you're moving them through this pipeline. But do you have the right structures in place? Uh, are you charging? You know, do you have the right fees and packaging and, and pricing? Because if not, you don't want to just be dealing in volume, right? Consultants that come in that they, they, they think that they that the best idea for them, especially if they're getting started, this happens most often, that they try and charge less because they think that's going to help them to land more clients. That's often the worst thing that they can do because lower pricing is often a lower perception of value. And so as your ideal clients see that, they say, well, why are you you know, priced lower? They're not going to say that to you necessarily, but in their minds, they're going to be thinking that. So that's then the next stage is really looking at your pricing, your structures, your models around that. And once that's in place, also making sure that you have the right offers that you can make and, the, the, and that those offers really align to what your ideal clients want, being able to have an effective sales conversation so you can close more people, making sure that you're good and you have all the tools in place uh, to write effective proposals that close more business. That's that's what the foundation is. And if, if you don't have that in place, then it doesn't matter how much marketing you do, your business is not going to get the right kind of traction. And so once that's in place, then you start doing your marketing. And so that's probably the biggest challenge that I see the consultants face is that they come into things and they, you know, they've often been relying on referrals and their networks. And then when that stops, they say, okay, well now, now what do I do? Or maybe my business is going well, we have some clients, but how do I get things to the next level? Right? Maybe I just actually spoke with a consultant uh, yesterday who is you know generating between thirty to forty thousand dollars a month? Uh, their average project size is, is around thirty to fifty thousand dollars, and that's great. But they want to expand. They want to hire more people. They want to to turn this business to a three to four million dollar business in the next uh, couple of years. And they can't do that just by landing thirty to forty thousand dollar projects. They need to to grow that significantly to start landing. 100, 200 plus thousand dollar projects. And so those are all critical pieces of the puzzle. And once you have all of those things in place, then the marketing starts to gain traction. Uh, so that's that's what I would suggest that people, instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to do marketing right now, really take a look at and make sure that your offer and your position and your value proposition is aligned with who your ideal clients really are. Because if it isn't, it doesn't matter how much you bombard them with your messaging and, and pay to get in front of them. Uh, if that message isn't on point, if all those pieces, if that foundation isn't in place, uh, you're not going to get the kind of traction that you'd like. I, I just have to tell you, you are totally preaching to the choir. It's funny because, you know, the, uh, the model, and I know, uh, you know, I'd shared with you the video and, and some of the work that I was doing towards coaching. And I realized this is not speaking to the people I'm coaching at all at all. And it hit me. I'm like, everybody that I'm coaching and working with is sort of in this, you know, web design space where they, but they want some leverage. They want, they want to grow. So they're not the ones doing the work all the time. They want some passive income. They want to do more training and stuff. 
every single coaching client. And I'm, I'm sitting here and it hit me so full on that I'm like, well, this video doesn't talk to them at all. It, it, it references an element of this, but I've been in their space. I know their pain. I'm like, I need to talk directly to them and get out of the fear of being concerned about, you know, pigeonholing myself. I'm like, this is what's working. I can help these people. I mean, there's, there's never a, a, a time that I get on a phone with one of those clients that there isn't a movement, there isn't shift and we're, we're working towards something. So I mean, I step back and I'm like, all right, get out of this, this template model that you're using that was somebody else's and, and talk to these people. <laughs> really? God, that's, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's people look at, we often, I think a lot of us fall victim to this where we see something working for someone else and we then try and just use that template per se, uh, because it's working for them. So we, we believe, well, then it should work for us. And the reality is, yeah, sometimes it can. Uh, and I've had some home runs with modeling after things that I've seen in the, in the marketplace, of course, turning them and, and uh, adjusting them to be unique and, and, and to be, per, you know, uh, to really model around our brand. But other times, and, and often it doesn't work because there's so many nuances, there's so many differences that you have to account for. And that's why at the end of the day, I always say to my clients, it's it's not about what you just want to offer to the marketplace, and it's not about what I think you should uh, offer to the marketplace. It's about what the marketplace wants. It's about who you who you want to serve, who are those ideal clients, and then what do they really care about, and can we then create and uh, create an offer and value around that so that you can provide them with exceptional value while at the same time receiving amazing compensation for that value that is being created. Okay, so along those lines, when you start talking about compensation, and my guess is that I've probably got people listening thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love a $30,000, $40,000 project. Um, you know, so do you, do you have any resistance with clients or, you know, what are some challenges that you face in terms of, getting them to scale their offerings and, and start charging more. It's, it's a common, I, I, I know I've been through it, like, oh, I can't charge that. And then you start, again, you start spending time with people who are doing it all day long and you start looking at the value you're actually providing. And, and for me, it's like, all right, well, I can step to this level really confidently and then I need to do that for a while, then I can step up. But what are some of the challenges, you know, that you work through with people with that? Right off the bat, one of the biggest mistakes and also challenges and barriers that a lot of people uh, are imposing on themselves right off the, is, is using uh, hourly fees. Uh, charging hourly is it's a disservice to your clients. It's, it's a disservice to your business. So anyone that's doing that right now really needs to, to rethink uh, their approach. Uh, and the reason I say that is because if you're serving your clients hourly, number one, for you to, I mean, everyone's going to be different, right? Someone might be listening to this and saying, well, I'm really happy making $100,000 a year, and, and that's great, right? Others are going to say, well, you know, I want to make $200,000 or three hundred. dollars So I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what your goal is in terms of income, right? That's, that's a personal uh, kind of situation, and there's no right or wrong when it comes to that. But if you want to earn a significant income, it's hard to do that. Uh, as a as an independent small company, if you're only charging hourly, because you would need to raise your hourly fee to such a level that when a client looks at that, they would freak out. Uh, the other reason why it's a disservice is because that means that you're always wanting to to spend more time on the project so you can make more money, and the client is always wanting you to spend less time on the project so that they can then spend less money. It also means that your clients have to hold back if they want to reach out to you and ask you for additional assistance. They're going to hesitate because they know that anytime they get in touch with you, anytime that they ask for something more, they have to pay more. And so just the interests are not aligned, and that's why uh, I first, right off the bat, do not recommend hourly uh, pricing and fees. Now, when it comes to moving into project based fees, which is the direction that uh, that I, I would always recommend that people go, and on top of that, looking at retainer models and so forth, but you know, we can talk about that after if that's of interest, um, around the project is really the, the other big kind of challenge that the people face is thinking that their, their fees, that if they offer a, a product or a project that is too high in, in, in fee and in cost, that their clients are going to turn them down and that the reason why that they didn't win the project is because of the cost. And I can tell you that that is never the case. If you're dealing with a real true buyer, 
the decision is not made on price. The decision is always, it really comes down to value. And so the job of a consultant or a freelancer or anyone wanting to sell professional services or, or a product for that matter is that they need to communicate the value of their offering and also effectively communicate how exceptional the ROI will be for that client. Because if someone said to you, Kim, listen, I'm, you know, if you give me a dollar, I'm going to give you back three dollars, right? It's like the common question, how many dollars would you give them? Right? Like, yeah, of course. So it's it's the same thing. So if, if as long as you can position your offering and you can position the the value that you're going to provide and really demonstrate and communicate to your buyer that, listen, the investment is whatever, uh, right? But this is the value. So if the buyer has a problem or the buyer wants a specific result and you can show them how you can help them to achieve that result and you can show them how much more money they're going to make or how much less stress they're going to have or how much uh, more market share they're going to receive and then try and quantify that. Like what is the value of that? Um, and sometimes it's it's around uh, financials and sometimes there's other components that are connected to it. But when you follow that process you, and you really focus on value and you focus on ROI, well, then your offer should really be a no-brainer for your buyer to say yes to. If they say no to it, it clearly means that either one, that it's not really their priority and they're not really committed to that type of project, which in that case, before you even got to talking about price, you've made some mistakes because you haven't gone through the sales conversation in the right way uh, and it means you're talking to someone that isn't really interested in what you have to offer or they're not committed to it or you've, you're focusing on the wrong, the wrong offering. Um, but let's say that you've, gotten, you've now got to the stage where you're talking about your fee uh, and if the buyer says, yeah, that's just too much, we can't afford that right now, well, it means that you haven't done a good, good, good enough job really showing them and demonstrating, listen, the, this is the investment that you're going to make, but this is the return that you're going to make. And so that's what I always want to see consultants focusing on is not just worrying about their fees or the investment that the client needs to, to make, but really making sure that they demonstrate and communicate to their clients and to, and to the buyer how much better they're going to be in their position once they've hired the consultant or the freelancer to, to work with them and to help them to get to that to, you know to that next level so that's would be some of my advice around that uh, as to the decisions are not made just around price they're made based on value and so if you want, really want to start increasing your fees and earning more you need to, to switch your mindset uh, into thinking just about okay my fee is this or my fee is that but instead focusing the right to have the right kind of sales conversation with your clients so you can really understand the value and, and the impact of the issues that they're facing and the results that they want to achieve and then position your offering in a way uh, that you can really communicate the value and the ROI that your clients are going to receive from that and when you do that then you're able to charge significantly more because your clients are going to be willing to pay more because they can see that the value and the ROI that they're going to receive is so much more than what their investment will be. That's huge. It, it totally, my mind was just going a million miles a minute as you're saying all that because it, a lot of that also comes back to, you know, when you have a compelling offer, right? And so not, and I, I mean even like, so as I'm looking at your site, theconsultingsuccess.com, you've got this the, the opt-in, this success system 2.0, the consulting success system, it's like that is absolutely targeted at consultants, right? And it's, it's, it's positioning you to create a list of potential buyers as well. And I've had this conversation with somebody recently. You now you see a lot of people like, oh, just sign up, stay in touch, get the latest news. And it's like that creates this one, you know, I don't think people stop and think about, you know, a, a database as a cost. You know, it's like, oh, well, I pay this much. Yeah, but you're, you're paying for subscribers who may never ever buy from you. So start with an offer that's, that's targeting your customer, right? Your ideal client. And, and do you run into, this made me think this too. Do you run into issues where people are afraid that they're going to, they're afraid to narrow down to their ideal client? They're afraid to, and you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, it's everybody. Well, we, we've had that conversation. I think everybody knows that story. But the fear in really targeting your ideal client, you know, how do you work through that with somebody? It's a really great question, one that I think probably everyone has as they begin their, their career as a consultant. It's something that I've, I've written about quite a bit on, on the site. I have many articles there as well of a whole section within the consulting success system uh, where I talk about this. And 
it's it's uh it's so critical because there there's two sides to to the debate right some people say well you need to to go after like you should be a generalist so that you can serve all different types of people uh and and not uh kind of pigeon yourself uh, or put yourself in a corner so that you're not able to to take on new types of work. And then other people say, yeah, you really need to specialize uh, and that's the way to go, that specialists are, uh, are the most successful. And I can tell you from experience and from doing this for over 14 years that they're both true, but they come at different stages. And so when people are getting started, they need to have the specialist mentality and they need to position themselves as a specialist and, and have a focus. And here's why. When you're getting started, you have very limited resources. And so just imagine that you say, okay, I have $1,000 to spend and I'm going to use that to build my business and to get more clients. Well, if you've decided, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to be a generalist. I'm, I help people with web design and development. Uh, and so I'm going to try and target uh, and go after uh, real estate agents and doctors and retail stores and restaurants. How do you spend your thousand dollars to reach those people? Are you going to put ads in in a publication for restaurants and one for retailers and one for dentists and and doctors and uh, and chiropractors? Right, and just exactly. And so your your dollar, your thousand dollars, is now split up into many little pieces, which just simply means that you sure you're you're reaching a wider net, but the impact that you can have with any group is significantly reduced. Not only that, it means that you're offering, you're positioning on your website and your marketing materials, your value proposition, uh, your any articles that you write, any thought leadership work that you do, uh, your, just in your messaging in general, but even your, your mind state, right? When you're in the shower or at the gym or in bed, where do you put your focus? Your focus now in many, in so many different ways is split. And the result of that is that you feel like you have a better chance, like you're casting a wider net, where in reality, you're making a very little impact because you're only being seen a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. And when you're getting started, what you need to do is you need to drive as quickly and as deeply as you can into a market space so that people in that market space, your ideal clients, whichever group that, that you want to focus on first, uh, sees you. And that means that you want to invest your time, your money, your effort, whatever it is. I mean, most, I'd say probably 90% of the consultants that I work with spend almost no money on advertising uh, and, and still build significant businesses. Uh, and so I just want people to know that you don't need to always spend money on advertising to be successful. There's a lot of things that you can do that don't require uh, investments in, in advertising or marketing in, from a, a dollar's perspective. But back to this is that, you want to get as, as deep in, as you can into that market space so that those people keep seeing you over and over again. And so let's say you're a web designer and developer and you're focusing on real estate agents. Well, then what you want to do is you want to put your advertising uh, in the places where real estate agents are, uh, are or you know the, the literature that they read or you want to attend their conferences or you want to try and get speaking opportunities or workshops in front of those people or you want to write articles geared towards Web, de web design and development for real estate agents and you want to brand yourself as the web de design and development expert for real estate agents. And what that does, sure, the overall size of, of the pie of the marketplace is smaller than if you went after everyone. But let's be realistic here. You can't serve anyone anyways. You can't even serve every single real estate agent if you had 100% of that market space, right? It, it doesn't work like that. To have a successful business, you only need a small percent of that market typically. Uh, and so especially at the at the early stages. Now, once you've you've done that and you've established your special you know your speciality and your position and your authority status within a specific market space, then you can easily start to branch out and to have other offerings. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that people can't focus on uh, two or three industries. That's not a problem. But the, the real issue becomes when people start to try and focus on on uh, four, five, ten different industries. And, or do they just say, oh, I can help anyone with web design development. That, that You're not helping anyone. You're not helping yourself by, by having that type of mindset. So having that initial focus is going to really help you to start getting more traction. It's going to really establish you as an authority. And then as that happens, then you can start going after new marketplaces. You're going to be starting to get contacted by the uh, mortgage broker or by the doctor uh, or by the lawyer that knows 
the uh, the real estate agent that you worked with, or they're going to hear about you somehow. They're going to come to you and they're going to say, "Hey, Kim, you know, I heard that you specialize in working with real estate agents, but I'm a lawyer. Could you help me too?" And of course you can, right? It's not about you don't have to turn down business when it comes to you, but it's about having a focus and really establishing your authority and your name so that people start to recognize you. They talk about you. They start to gravitate toward you. They refer more business to you, and ultimately. Everyone knows that authorities are able to demand higher fees and to receive those fees with much less negotiation. So why try and be a generalist and target everyone when you have such limited resources? Instead, have clear focus, go deep into a marketplace, make an impact, and then as you grow the business, then start working with more. You're going to have more resources that you can go into other markets. You're going to get contacted by other people, and your business will grow and grow and grow to the point where, Yes, you're a web design and developer that is uh, that can help all industries, and you might at that point have, and even early on, you might start getting inquiries from people in all different industries. It doesn't mean you have to turn the business down. You can definitely take it on, but you're choosing to have a positioning. And while when you think about a real estate agent, right, this, this is the critical part, Kim, is that everyone always needs to put themselves in the position of their ideal client. And let's just use again the example of a real estate agent. So. A real estate agent is looking for a web designer and developer. There's two web designer and developers. Uh, one is a general. It's just that they have a general website around, um, you know, website design and development. They have great work, a nice portfolio. And the other person specializes in working with real estate agents. Uh, their value proposition, their messaging, their positioning is all around that. They also have great work, a great portfolio, and a nice site, and so forth. So. The only difference between these two people is that one has a, a positioning and has, and has clearly picked a focus. The other one hasn't. Now, which one, Kim, do you do you think the real estate agent is more likely to choose? Well, of course, the real estate design firm. Right, because the, they understand that the, real, the, the ideal client is going to believe and have the perception that you as the expert understand their specific issues, that you've had experience working with others like them, and everyone always thinks that their issue is unique, even if it isn't. That's just the way that, that people believe. And so why not leverage that uh, and position yourself in a more powerful way rather than trying to be the, you know, the, the jack and jill of all trades that says that you can work with anyone? God, that was so brilliant. A couple things came to mind as you were sharing all that is, you know, when you were talking about casting a wider net, it's like you may cast a wider net, but the net has huge holes, right? Yep. So you have that. And then I started thinking, too, about, you know, part of part of what, um, you know, our group does is Facebook advertising. And now I know you have a lot of success in other areas and in, in attracting clients. And it's funny because when it comes to social media, you know, I probably spend the most time on Facebook. I, I haven't invested a ton in advertising where I'm getting a huge return and and maybe it's not immediate yet, but it's it's on my business page because I'm talking to my clients. I'm talking to my audience. I'm having those conversations. I'm speaking their language. And so the more that I target that, you know, it would it would be like it, it let's say I was the real estate design firm. I would be talking about, oh, here's an IDX plugin I found, or oh, guess what? This this listing plugin works better here, right? And so all of a sudden you're talking to your audience where you're talking about establishing yourself as the authority and not having to invest a ton in advertising simply by saying, look, this is my market. It makes it so much easier to create content, to have those conversations, to show up and, and provide value while you're building that relationship before somebody makes that choice to invest with you. Definitely. And the other distinction which should be made here is that we're talking about uh, independent professionals, consultants or freelancers uh, or coaches that typically don't have a significant amount of resources to uh, to invest or, or to support their business in the early stages. And so don't compare yourself to a firm that you see out there that is more general, that works with all different types of industries, because when they got started, right, likely they were focusing on, on a specific area, or maybe they had a great network or referrals. But the whole idea is don't compare yourself to like compare apples and apples and oranges and oranges. It's, it's, it's like the common thing which I, I see and I talk to a lot of uh, consultants and clients about. Just because McDonald's or Nike has a nice short slogan, that's not a value proposition, right? Those companies, everyone knows what they do already. You don't need to have, they don't need to have a clear message that says that they provide fast food and hamburgers or whatever because everyone already knows that so they can get away with a short kind of cute uh, cool slogan or whatever it might be. 
if you're an unknown, you can't, right? You have to have clear messaging, a clear value proposition so that people really know right off the bat, like, what is it that you do? How can you help me? How are you different than someone else? Um, why should I choose you, right? These are all questions that need to be answered. God, that's huge. And and I, I love the piece about the slogan and stuff because people do try to get you know, cute or unique. And, you know, I have heard the phrase before, you know, clear is better than clever. Don't make people work super hard to figure out what it is you do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. So I know, wow, I could sit and talk to you for hours. Um, But you've given some advice on on pricing and, and not doing the hourly model. Do you have like maybe one other tip you'd like to share with, you know, the new entrepreneur who's only been in business for a couple of years? You know, what what advice would you give them? Or one tip? <laughs> The, the biggest one is something that we probably touched on, and it's just because I see it affecting so many people, even people that, uh, well, I'll say I, even myself, I remember several years back um, reading a book that was talking all, all about how to fix this, this issue and still realizing that after I was reading the book that I was still doing the same thing, which was spending too much time doing things that we're comfortable with and spending too much time working on areas of the business that aren't really going to help help you to move the business forward. And so when you look at what drives the growth of, of your business, it's making sales, right? It's, it's getting clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what you need to do. Don't sit in your apartment or your house or an office just trying to only develop content or to work on a brochure or a website or some other marketing material um, or, or even some grand vision or grand plan of some really cool technology piece or something without like you need to get out of the building you have to get in front of your ideal clients even if you're creating let's say a new plugin uh, or some sort of uh, of new technology or an app or whatever it might be don't just create it yourself without getting into the marketplace you need to speak to your ideal clients the people who you really think are going to buy it have conversations with them to really understand what is it that they care most about because then you can use that in your marketing, you can use that in your in your messaging, you can use that in the development of all of your materials, and ultimately by doing that, you're going to start to get more opportunities for work, right? You sit in your in your in your at your desk working on stuff, that's not going to help you as much as going out there, meeting with people or making phone calls or going to networking events or whatever it is, like wherever your ideal clients are and however you can get in front of them, you need to do that. You need to have those conversations even if you don't feel like you're a salesperson. I'll give Give you an example, um, you know Ken Blankenfeld. He's one of the the cases that I mentioned who was looking at an average kind of five thousand dollar project. We went through a process together. He turned that into a fifty four thousand dollar project. He doesn't like the idea of marketing and sales, but he made the decision that he he knew he needed to master some things that he wasn't yet comfortable with or that he wasn't doing. And so he made that investment. He decided to work on that process to improve his whole approach to sales and what he was doing with his marketing. And he said, like, when that deal closed, it was the easiest sale that he ever made. And so I'm sharing this just for the uh, for the reason that I, there's a lot of people out there that don't like the idea of sales or marketing. They don't You're like talking the idea. To one of them. <laughs> Not yeah, marketing, right? but the sales piece. I, I right. Yeah, I'm always working on that. And so it's it's so critical that what I always like to tell people is that don't think about sales as sales. Think about sales as having a conversation with your ideal clients because you don't need to go into a conversation with, like, especially if you're not going to that conversation with the, uh, with the fear of failure or with the promise to yourself that you need to make that sale. If you remove that, just go and have a conversation. Learn the right questions to ask those ideal clients. Learn how to move through a process with them to understand if you can really help them. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's not about the sale. I mean, it is obviously about making the sale, but you don't need to uh, to pressure yourself into feeling that it's only about making the sale. It's about getting in front of your ideal clients, having the right type of conversation with them, and then it'll be a natural fit. You're going to know. They're going to know. If you can provide value to them, that's what it's about, right? You're you're in the game of really providing value for your for your clients and for the marketplace. Uh, and so, the the other thing too that's critical here is that people sometimes, and like another thing that people face is they feel kind of shy to promote themselves. It's like if I don't, you know, I don't want to talk about my successes. I don't want to say how I can help people. I'm just gonna kind of sit quiet. Uh, I'm so I'm good at what I do, so clients will find me. 
Like, it doesn't work like that. I'm just you, giggling because I've so been there. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, if you don't promote yourself, who else is going to? You it, you have to be your own best advocate, right? Exactly, exactly. And so people that, that are having that challenge just realize that it's not just about, it's not about self-promotion. It's about helping people, right? I mean, you're in this because you enjoy what you do. I would hope. I love you, it. Right? You're good at what you do, I would hope. And you can help your clients. You can provide them with value. So if you care about your clients, and again, I would hope that you do, then you, it's, it's, you're actually doing your clients or a potential client a disservice by not saying, hey, let's have a conversation because I can help you. Right? If you're not doing that, that means that you're letting them go off and trying to make decisions by themselves and they might make the wrong decision or pick the wrong person. If you're the best person to help them, well, let them know. Tell them. Get in front of them. Have a conversation with them because they're going to thank you for it. If if you're good at what you do, right, it's going to be the best decision that they ever made to help them to get to where they want to go. So that's what I would kind of share uh, around. And I think those are a few challenges that, that a lot of people face there, Kim. Absolutely. And I think I wanted to share this little story. I, I, I think especially in online space specifically with online entrepreneurs, whether it's whether they're in the WordPress space or not, but this sort of information marketing people, um, there, there's a lot of perceptions and ideas about it. And, you know, I had an interview with somebody I was going to air later and it's, it's for a, uh, a software that works with WordPress. It, it's a, it's a walkthrough tutorials. It's brilliant. And, you know, here WordPress is this open source space where people think free, everything should be free. And, Having had some plugins developed, I didn't do it myself. I know how much work is involved in that. So, like, it blows me away that there is this mentality that simply because it's open source software, that everything that goes along with it is supposed to be free. Well, that model is shifting. And so we had this conversation about this new software coming out, and his whole point, exact same thing. So I'm sharing this because I want listeners to... to there is no industry that this is not relevant in, right? That if you get out of a cost-based model and focused on a value-based model, you're going to succeed. That's it. Literally, you have to pull that cost piece out. And I don't mean that you don't look at, at your own costs and say, okay, well, you know, here are my costs. Here's the value I'm providing. You know, at some point, you need, you do need to look at numbers and here's the, the, what I need to be profitable. But then you have to be able to step into like you were saying, what is the value? What is the ROI when they invest with me that they're going to then turn around? You know, so here you have an, a client who invested in your coaching program and then probably netted him, you know, almost 10 times what he invested because, or, you know, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but the point being there was a huge value base there. And so I just wanted to, to throw that story out there because I, it does not matter if you're a designer, a developer, a corporate consultant, you know, maybe you speak, maybe you're an author. It, it literally doesn't matter what industry you're in, right? Yeah, definitely. That, I mean, that, that approach and following a process around that has helped uh, many consultants that, that I've worked with literally double. I mean, in some cases, uh, give me another example, Barbara Langlois, she's a speaker and an author and a trainer and a consultant to the healthcare industry, and she works with healthcare institutions. Uh, she literally increased her fees over 700% uh, by going through this process. Uh, and so just imagine what, what that does to a business, you know, increasing your fees and your average, pro average project size uh, by 700%. Uh, that's huge, right? It doesn't matter really, even, even if you're making <laughs> a, a minimal income right now, yeah. right? That, that's a big deal. So, um, so yes, that, that's the power, just a, a quick example, that's the power of, shifting the focus definitely to more aligning yourself uh, and positioning your offers around value. I love that. And it, it, it excites me too because I start thinking about the amount of content that I can create to be connecting with my ideal audience besides offerings. You know, I mean, like this episode, this interview, talk about value. Um, anyways, I could go on and on. But what? where do you see yourself in the next few years? Well, right now, for us, the, the biggest thing uh, is to continue doing what we're doing, really. We've, we have a, a great plan uh, that I'm really proud of and, and the team that I work with, everyone here that's working on that plan to really uh, grow the business. And, and for us, it's really about continuing. Like our, our mission is to continue helping more and more consultants um, 
you know, grow their businesses, land more clients, increase their fees, and ultimately be more successful. And one thing that we're looking at doing more this year is to get involved in uh, in workshops and speaking opportunities. So, you know, I, I'm constantly getting requests from people all around the world, um, you know, a lot as well from, from developing countries. And so that's something that I'm interested in, in doing is just, you know, as a way to, to give back and to share more because for me, the reason why, why I do the coaching and the reason why I get so involved with my clients and, and why I'm so committed to their success is because I get joy. Like for, for me, getting emails and, and getting messages on Facebook from my clients saying, and like posting to our, you know, our private group or whatever it might be just saying, Hey, like just just landed a you know sixty thousand dollar client today, or hey, my husband has just left his job because the business is going so well that he's now going to come on board. This, this happened to two different people in the last uh, probably month to six weeks or so. God, that gives uh, me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's 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 wow. It's that's awesome, right? And so I get the greatest pleasure um, out of seeing the success that other people have. Uh, by using th- this information, by just investing in in themselves and their businesses and and growing, right? And so that's the joy is working with people that are committed, working with people that that want to make that a priority, that want to move past uh, where they're at right now and and get to that next level. So that's really the the big plan and mission is to continue to do that. We're we're launch, you know launching some some new programs to better serve people uh, that that are interested in in growing their consulting businesses. Uh, we'll be doing more speaking, uh, more workshops, uh, and really continue to, to build a brand and to and get the message out there to, to help more people. That is awesome. And then, uh, so lastly, last yeah. question, and then we're going to yeah. give out a couple links. Um, is there anything fun about yourself that you'd like to share that maybe people don't know about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's probably many things, Kim, but <laughs> that you that you're up for sharing publicly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, well, what could I tell you? I've eaten a lot of interesting f- different different types of food that people probably wouldn't want to be eating when I lived in Japan. Oh, I bet. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say that, that in Japan, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's the most common, but people, people do eat raw chicken. So you've heard of fish sashimi. Uh-huh. There's also such things as chicken sashimi. Um, there's, there's, uh, obviously, there's whale uh, there's horse. There, there's all these kinds of things. All right, we're good. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I was saying. So I don't, that's not really a fun fact, but but it's something interesting. It's you know, courageous. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if there's. I share a lot. There's. I don't really hold much much back. You know, the people that know me, uh, I, I welcome anyone that wants to connect on on Facebook. Can just uh, hit me up there, and I, you know, I post when I go traveling. My wife and I are, are away, or we go for hikes, uh, or uh, overseas, whatever that might be. You know, I, I post that kind of stuff. So. Uh, for me, family is very, very important, and uh, I enjoy traveling and spending time with family and friends, and uh, having good drinks and good food, and uh, spending time in different cultures and languages. Uh, so you know, those are the kinds of things that that really interest me, and that I've, I've probably had some interesting stories to to share if, if I spend a bit more time thinking about that. And <laughs> we, we can do that at another time, Kim. And, but and you weren't put on the spot at the end of a podcast, did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know what? Sure. I, I think that um, sharing that it's also important because as entrepreneurs, it's very easy to get caught up in the work and growing your business. And um, I mean, I've seen some of the pictures from your trips. And I mean, coming from Vancouver to Maui, we got to meet each other in person. And yeah. you know that there, there's such you celebrate your success too. And and I think that you know the way that you live your life is testament to the work that you're doing with people, and that you make sure to you know take that time for yourself too. Definitely. And, and one thing, if I could add to that, is just a lesson that I've found really important over, over the last several years is if you're working with others, it doesn't matter if it's a contractor or if it's an employee or a business partner, uh, share the successes. Even if even if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to go out and, and, uh, and really celebrate that success yourself, celebrate it for, for everyone else, right? It's, it's so critical to, to build that type of culture where everyone's working towards a common goal and everyone's excited by continual progress and growth. And so even if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to go out and, and buy yourself something big, 
take a take a friend out or uh, take you know your your send your contractor something nice in the mail or do something that is different to to celebrate that success and even if it's just a a nice email to to thank someone and to give them kind of a, a high five in in you know through cyberspace whatever it might be uh, those things are so critical uh, and so I would just encourage anyone that uh, that might not be doing that as much to to start doing it more because I really feel it does help to build momentum in the business. It does. And if you want to get woo, I think it's just good energy that you're letting yeah. the universe know that, yeah, I, I, I own this. Good, bad, sure. and different, all of it. So um, thank you so much, Michael. I, I where, So a couple links, let's do this, is so everybody can connect with you at consultingsuccess.com. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, for you guys listening, Michael's going to have a, a separate page for everybody listening to the podcast. You can go to the com forward slash Michael. Just... M-I-C-H-A-E-L. So I guess I'm going to be the only Michael, or I'm the first Michael. Well, you're definitely the first Michael. Uh, nice. Yeah, and everybody else will just have to get a, you know, an abbreviation. They'll get a, a, Mike, a Mike D or something, whatever. But yeah, yeah so the WPChick.com forward slash Michael. All the links to everything will be in the show notes. And definitely reach out and connect with him. It's, you know, like I said at the very beginning, just the integrity with which he does stuff. And he's super fun, too. <laughs> so there's a lot of great energy there. So thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, my pleasure. And again, as I said, people are happy to connect with people on Facebook or, or LinkedIn. Uh, pretty easy to find online. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a real pleasure, Kim. been fun doing this. And uh, I hope that your audience, uh, you know, learned a few things. I, they did. I, I learned a ton, and I'm sure they did too. So thanks again. Wonderful. My pleasure. Have a good one. So there you have it. It's a little, uh, a little bit different from a lot of the interviews I have in that Michael has a very solid, um, should I say offline business, amazing online presence as well. But a lot of the clients he works with are different than my audience. Um, but I think you've probably gotten a ton of takeaways from that. And I would love to have you download Michael's free toolkit. Just go to the WPChick.com forward slash consulting. And you, that, that'll take you directly to Michael's site. And you can download the free consulting toolkit and reach out. He is one of the most approachable, supportive, easygoing guys, which I think you got from the interview. He's pretty amazing. And it's great to see the way he is scaling his company. So um, anyways, hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you love the podcast, I'd love a review on iTunes, you know, and stop by the site and leave me a comment or, or let me know what else you want. Anyways, thanks as always for listening and have a fabulous day.